Popovich. Played very well tonight. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. I ask you to download the app and use the promo code WMVP for anything you need for sports. Sports gambling, DraftKings is a spot. Don't forget the promo code WMVP. Well, this is the show that gives you all the best in basketball conversation, whether it's the NBA, college, or everything else in between. We thank you for downloading the podcast. And don't forget, not only on the Cap and J Hood podcast feed on the ESPN Chicago app, but you can find this podcast on Spotify. Find the podcast on Spotify and other places. Download it. That way you never miss an episode of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. We want to talk about the Bulls and their struggles since the trade deadline. We'll talk about that. Also some other NBA nuggets we want to get to as well around the NBA. What's going on with Brooklyn? Some thoughts from Jason Tatum. He's going through some issues, not offensively, but off the court. We'll talk about that and so much more. Thanks so much for downloading this podcast. For those of you who say, hey, guys, you don't talk enough NBA. You don't talk enough Bulls on the Cap and J Hood Podcast you know what? You are right. We don't talk enough about it on our show. Mornings between 7 and 10 a.m. Central on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. That's why we have this podcast for you. I'm doing this. The station's doing this for you to take care of you, the basketball fan, right here on the Other Hood Basketball Podcast. All right, let's get to it. You know I'm going to rip this Band-Aid off when it comes to the Bulls, right? Three and seven since the trade deadline. Vucevic and Tice come over to the Bulls. And I know that there's some things that you can use as excuses for the Bulls and say, oh, you're in a nine and nine of ten on the road, Temple being out, new faces on the team, everyone's trying to gel. But just keep in mind that this NBA gives you the luxury of getting into the playoffs, backing in in the ninth and tenth spot. There's an opportunity for you to get in. Now, from my standpoint, this is all about evaluation when it comes to this Bulls team. I said this from the beginning, if you've listened to this podcast from the start. I will tell you right now, as we record this on Wednesday morning, April 14th, into the Bulls game against Orlando, that the biggest thing for the Bulls for me is development. Uh, Sure, you'd like to see, if you're a Bulls fan, to see your team in the postseason because it means something. Extra basketball than the regular season, I get that. Uh, But this particular team... Because of the evaluation of Karnaschovas, who is now one year in the job as the vice president of basketball operations, because he's in this role, he saw from the beginning, he's like, wait, we got to find out if Kobe White's part of our future and Lowry Market is part of our future and some of these other bulls. And they cut the fat off of this team at the deadline. And it surprised a lot of people because it was so unlike the Bulls to be able to trade assets and try to get better. The Bulls were able to get Vucevic, and since he's been here, he's been doing a great job. Vucevic is doing what I thought he would do for the Bulls. 21 points, 10 rebounds. He has been able to give the Bulls three assists uh, and also a block a game. So 21-8, and 10 rebounds, three assists, and a block 
in 10 games since he's been here with the Bulls. And Vucevic is shooting 43% from three since he's been here as well. And he's averaging about four or five threes a game. And so that's exactly what you want. Zach Levine needed to have someone on a consistent basis that he can rely on to be able to help offensively. Now, here's the thing. Billy Donovan's had to kind of move the lineup around, kind of change the offense around to make sure that Vucevic is getting paint touches. Uh, and Vucevic is not a great defender, but on the inside, he can be able to stop his man. He makes it very difficult on the big that he's guarding to be able to get baskets. So uh, I just think that the Vucevic move is fine. Levine being on this team is fine. But what about all the rest? In a year, when we're talking about this, who's going to be the core for the Bulls? How would you identify the core for this Bulls team? It's Levine, it's Vucevic, and then who, right? Patrick Williams. And we'll get into Patrick Williams in a little bit as well because now he's disappeared offensively. But Laurie Markkinen and Kobe White are coming off the bench and now they are not doing what they need to do on a consistent basis. If they if they ever really want to maximize their minutes, this is the time. Lowry Markkinen, for the Bulls or for his next team, has to prove that he's a starter in this league. And that means that the time that he's given, whether it's 15 minutes or 20 minutes, you've got to shoot the basketball and show something offensively. Uh, so that's just something that I just don't get. I want to point this out to you. As I mentioned, I'm going to rip off the Band-Aid, as I always do, because... This basketball team is underachieving, and I know there's a lot of things going on with this team as far as trying to fit all the square pegs in the round hole and trying to figure out who's going to be the ro rotation here. But time is running out on the regular season, whether the Bulls make the playoffs or not. You just want to have good vibes going into the offseason whenever it ends. But here it is. You ready? It's from Joe Cowley from Twitter. You might have seen this. The Bulls through 53 games, are 22-31. and 31. Jim Boylan under the Bulls, at this time, 19-34. and 34. Just three games worse than where the Bulls are right now going into the Orlando game. I know, right? <laughs> you don't want to have any type of comp to the Jim Boylan era. But 22 and 31 and 19 and 34 are pretty close. They're kissing cousins. Pretty close. Kind of ugly, right? Whew. Some thoughts from Jim Boylan on Lowry Markkinen and more. Billy, how do you think uh, Lowry's adapting to his new role? Uh, in terms of what do you mean, Casey? Just, I mean, he doesn't seem obviously like he's getting a lot of shots and I mean he's career low three shots tonight four each of the last two games I know he's in a different role but just overall where how do you think he's adapting to it yeah I mean I'll look at the game tonight you know just to see what kind of shots we generated you know I I felt like a lot of them looks from behind the line were pretty good um you know I get it I get it's the you know fourth game in five nights and we did try to go inside but they double teamed a lot the ball got sprayed back out but you know back to Lowry I mean last game you have 30 assists and shoot 51% from the field. I'm not really concerned about Lowry in terms of it's more about our team. You know, I thought we missed him a few times, and I made that comment in the huddle that there were some times in transition, there was some guys penetrating, but we could have sprayed it to him. Um, I thought he, you know, made a couple of drives where he tried to get downhill a little bit. Um, but again, I think the ball's going to have to generate offense for Lowry, and, and we tried to, um, 
you know, run a few things for him coming out of some timeouts. But to me, it's not necessarily about Lowry or Patrick. It's about how is our team functioning and operating. And I think that, you know, if we're going to score 117, 120, 121 points as a team, and we're going to have, you know, 28 to 32 assists, and we're going to shoot 51% from the field, and we're going to shoot, you know, 38% from three, I'm not – I'm going, to, I'm going to look at the whole team stats more so than I'm going to look at the individual stats. So tonight was just a night where, you know, we they, they took away the post some in terms of some double teams and stuff. It was a really hard-fought physical game. Um, points were hard to come by, I think, for both teams. Um, and I don't think either team shot particularly well from three tonight. And one more, Billy. You, you mentioned after last game, your guys – difficulty containing crafty guards is that the reasoning behind troy brown closing games for you is that just kind of yeah. the best option right now on the wing yeah i mean just to do that but you know i thought our guys really competed tonight casey defensively like i was really really pleased in the first half the way we guarded i felt we were physical you know the things that we did not do you know against minnesota the things that we did not do against atlanta in that second half you know we did more consistently tonight but we're going to have to play the hard part what the unfortunate part today was you know, it was unfortunate that this was one of our poor offensive games in terms of the shooting percentage, the numbers in relationship to the fact it was one of our better defensive games. You know, I liked the way the game was. It was kind of a very physical grind out kind of game. And I thought our guys stepped up to that and they really, really battled and competed. And, um, you know, obviously the fourth quarter, you know, wasn't a great quarter offensively or defensively for us. But for the most part, for those first three quarters, I thought we competed pretty well. Thank you. Yep. So the thoughts there from Billy Donovan. I know that the road trip, it's interesting. At the time of the train deadline, the Bulls were on quite the run on the road. We go back to the Bulls game against the Spurs, losing 120-104 to in San Antonio, losing against the Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz, all in a row. Beating the Nets, they beat the Pacers, beating the Raptors, and then the last three games going into the Orlando Magic game on Wednesday, Losing against Atlanta, that game in which Zach Levine scores 50 and then you lose the game 120-108. to The offense was there, but the defense just lacked. And then, inexplicably, you lose against the Timberwolves 121-117, to a team that's not going in the right direction. Memphis is down four players because of COVID or because of injury, and you lose that game in Memphis as well. And so this is a team here at 22-31 and Once again, if you have aspirations for the Bulls to get to the playoffs, that's cool. As a fan, you'd want them to be able to to reach that brass ring of being one of the teams in the postseason, whether you back in or you earn it. But this team here does not have enough offensive firepower on a regular basis to be able to make any noise. Uh, I'm in particular, for me, I'm not interested in the Bulls getting their ass beat by the Nets in the first round. Uh, or Philadelphia, or Milwaukee, uh, because there's going to be, I could already see it, if the Bulls were able to make the playoffs and be one of the last seeds or battle their way in, it'll be like a Zach Levine game, where he has 50 points and elevates the Bulls to a win a game, maybe two, but ultimately the Bulls just don't have enough firepower. And when I see Vucevic, I think it's great that he's here because he's a great tag team partner with Zach Levine, but what else? Right. As we take a look around the league, it's more than just one or two players. You need a stockpile talent like Philly does, like the Nets do, uh, like Milwaukee does, like the Suns have done, like the Lakers have done, uh, the Clippers. You have to be able to get as much talent as possible to increase your chances to win, whatever it takes. And, uh, you know, when you look at Marketing and White, if they're not going to be here next year, 
those are really your two biggest assets out of side of future draft capital that you can to parlay uh, the opportunity to have a difference maker on this basketball team. So I just I think it's very interesting where the Bulls are right now and uh, whether make the playoffs or not. To me, this has always been an evaluation year. Whatever you get from this team is gravy. But in year two, year three, yeah, you expect improvements a lot. Sometimes when you're going through doldrums, especially when you're coached by Jim Boylan, you've got to be able to be honest with yourself. <laughs> and Thaddeus Young, one of my favorite Bulls on this team. I mean, it starts with Zach, but I think that Young is my second favorite Bull on this team because he just brings the the hard hat and the work ethic from a veteran that it takes to stabilize this team. Thaddeus Young is on with Jason Goff and with KC Johnson on the Bulls Talk podcast and was pretty open and honest. Like, under Jim Boylan, yeah, he was he was about to be a wrap. He was going to be done with playing altogether, not just with the Bulls. I think he was going to be done in the NBA. Um, how much longer do you want to play? Did you give much thought to that? Uh, I mean, last year was, uh, was real tough on me. <laughs> it was real tough on me, so... Uh, I actually thought about last year, just like, man, after this, I'm done. <laughs> just because, like, it was just so bad last year, like, to the point where, like, like I had never really been frustrated. And I was just, I had got so frustrated with just, like, a lot of the stuff that was going on to the point where it was just like, is it even worth it to continue to even deal with it? But then, um, you know, I talked to my wife, and we were just talking, and, you know, she always kind of reels me back in, like, like, what are you talking about? You're a quitter. Like, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so so when she starts talking to me like that, then I have to start, like, really thinking about different things. Um, I appreciate her for, like, you know, just being 100% honest with me. You know, so, like, for me, like, I had to really start thinking about, like, 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 nah, like, I just went from playing in Indy at a super high level to, you know, coming to Chicago. It, like, no, it's not me. <laughs> like, like it's not me. I know exactly, you know, the what the situation is. So I'm gonna just burn through it, and I'm, you know, be there for my teammates each and every night. Whenever they need me, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be able to go out there and try to perform at a high level. You know, obviously, you know, last year wasn't the the best, you know, but I still averaged like ten points and five rebounds, <laughs> and and was playing up and down minutes. <laughs> so I was like, man, you know what, like. Hopefully, you know, um, we, we make some some changes and, and you know, and, and I'm not even saying, like, if we would have made the, the changes with, like, the, the coaching situation, I'm saying, like, if we just made changes as far as, like, how we played as a team, like, like felt like we was being listened to as far as, like, how we need to play and how things need to be structured, then I would have been much more happy, you know, because um, I would have felt like, you know, we, we wasn't going into every single game. You know, um, taking a, a knife to a gunfight. That's real talk. I like that from a veteran, Thaddeus Young, for the Chicago Bulls. Hey, there were some other thoughts about the Bulls out there, not just from me, but from a premier NBA podcast. You're going to hear it in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. It's America's top-rated sportsbook for a reason. They offer nearly limitless ways to bet from live betting to prop betting. They have it all. DraftKings is bringing you closer to the action this week with a 25% boost on your winnings on any bet placed on a baseball game this week. 
So, taking advantage of this profit boost is easy. All you got to do is place a bet on any baseball game. And if that bet hits, DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook will give you a 25% boost. So, do me a favor. Head to the top-rated DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook app now and claim your 25% profit boost. Place any bet on any baseball game. And if that bet wins, DraftKings will boost your winnings by an additional 25%. For a limited time only with DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Illinois only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has got a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. And not just for baseball, but also for basketball. Go to DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook as well, and you could be able to find the odds that you want. As a matter of fact, the live bets as far as the NBA championship, the Nets are plus 250. The Clippers are plus 500 to win the championship. The Jazz are plus 900. It's amazing. The Jazz have been so consistent all season, but Vegas and probably a lot of NBA guys uh, like you and I probably don't believe in the Jazz getting to the next level. Uh, the Suns are plus 2,000 to win. On the other side of the ledger, the Lakers are plus 350. The Bucks are plus 700. The Sixers, as good as they are, plus 1,100. The Heat at plus 2,800 because, of course, they uh, were the Eastern Conference champions last year. So get up on it. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Check out DraftKings.com and get the odds that you're looking for. Okay, as I mentioned, not just me, my friends, but others have had their comments about the Bulls as well. And what you're going to hear is a podcast from uh, Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor, The Mismatch. That's the name of the podcast. You know, look, as a hoop head, I listen to a lot of basketball podcasts to find out what others are saying about the Bulls and teams around the NBA. And so somehow uh, KLC and... Vernon from The Ringer, the Mismatch podcast. We're talking about the Bulls. Listen to this conversation. See if it matches how you feel about this Bulls team. So by virtue of the top 10 getting an opportunity to play in the playoffs, you had some of these teams try to get better as at, at the trade deadline. One of those I got to see in person last night, which was the Chicago Bulls, um, who made the big surprising move, the first one to the trade deadline, which was the Vucevic move. Um, they were on the fifth game of a five-game road trip. So let me just couch this and say it was not necessarily fair to gauge them from being on the second half of a back-to-back, fifth game of a road trip. But I will say, after seeing them, um, things I, I, I don't know. That is not fitting as well as I think uh, was envisioned when it first happened. Um, the record... Since attaining Vucevic has been rather poor, and I watched last night and thought, "Oh boy, they may not, they they may get surpassed." Like they, 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 and then then it's a disaster because you have now had you know uh, where you were trying to you made this big move 
to get there and take advantage of this amazing Zach Levine season. And and now if they are eleventh, God forbid they're eleventh. Oh my goodness, that is that's it. That's your nightmare scenario where you made that move to win right now and then you didn't. And I don't know. I think it's been hard to integrate it and to get it going. Your guy, Patrick Williams, I was super excited to get to see him in person for the first time. He he got a uh, like a, a dinky bucket last night, and they said that was the first two points he had scored in the last eight quarters. And I was like, what in the world? And the other thing is, they need a point guard. Like, they're trying to play Sadoransky there, and it just doesn't. Like, the the Levine thing with the ball in his hands, I don't think you can reach what you want to be like that. They need a point guard to just kind of get everything in order, to organize everything, and then let this guy be the fire starter, uh, Levine. Uh, you know, you, you were describing ball. Lonzo Ball. Mm. That, is that the type of point guard? Yeah, you'd like to see with with Levine in the backcourt. Yeah, I just he doesn't need to be the guy, you know, with the ball all the time. Uh, you know, running the show in terms of he'll he'll get you huge numbers, he'll get you a lot of scores, but in terms of like getting everybody going, and I think it, I think that's part of why I watch now and say if it worked before, um, okay, but. Now that you've got Vucevic, I think it highlights the need that you need a guy to just get it all in order, organize it, throw post passes, you know, run pick and rolls with him, all the kind of stuff. Because Levine's not a creator. He's just not. I I mean, Levine is a bucket. And and ultimately, that's the role. So is Kobe White. Kobe White doesn't create for anybody. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's still kind of puzzling. They took White, but mm. that's the past regime there. So with with Chicago, I still like what this team has, and I'm not going to look at just the last couple of weeks when this roster outside of Vooch, outside of Levine, outside of Thad Young, a lot of these guys aren't going to be here in the coming years. I, could, so I, sure. w- I was shocked at how crappy marketing is. Larry Markin and so I don't know what happened to this it, guy. He, you know, we talk about rat teams and guys putting up huge numbers on them, and sometimes it can really mess them up. I do wonder if, you know, being on those tanking ass, losing 60 game teams, and him putting up 20 something a game and having all these records and all this stuff, if that was not a bad thing for his I career. Don't know. Uh, I think it's just, possible. He, he might just be who he is, and that's a seven footer who plays like he's six foot two. Mm. I mean, just being honest, yeah. you know, like he's never been a rebounder, never been a great defender, never been more than like a perimeter guy. Um, he just might be who he is, and I think there's still maybe a role for Lowry Markkinen in the NBA, but not a guy who is a, deserving of being drafted seventh. And with Chicago, like I said, this team is incomplete, so. Like I did the video in the void a couple of weeks ago, Patrick Williams, I still say, is the key to their future. If Patrick Williams can become the two-way star that they need, who can defend multiple positions, who can score and shoot off the dribble, and he's shown flashes of doing that, then we're talking here. If you can integrate that type of player next to Levine and Vooch. Um, but however, it can't just be Patrick Williams. Like right. This whole roster, you mentioned the point guard position. Kobe White is not the perfect fit for Zach Levine. He, is, he hasn't really developed at all since his rookie year he's the same if not slightly worse uh larry we already said is not a fit like across the roster 
Kobe is a, his destiny is being like a Lou Williams. You know, yeah, that's what you, something yeah, in that bucket. spirit. Yeah, yeah something yeah, yeah. in that spirit. You don't want to have that paired with Zach Levine. You need more of the playmaking presence. So, like I said, the Chicago team, I still like what they have. I, I, they're just not there yet. And this is that this roster is a big incomplete. And I don't think we're going to see the benefits of that Vooch trade until, you know, next season or even the year after that. And who knows what level they'll reach. This might be a team that's destined to be like a four or five seed. But there's a chance they can be more than that because there's no saying if Levine continues to get better. People talk about the fact Vooch is 30 years old, but I would love to see Vooch in this scenario, in this situation with a even better Zach Levine, with a point guard who fits, with more talent around him, with a more seasoned Patrick Williams. There's still something there. It's just not there yet. It's not, yeah. it's not ready yet. Ooh, that's straight fire. Yep. From the ringer. As they talked about the Bulls, do you have an agreement or disagreement about what they said? It's interesting, right? It's kind of like what I've said, and I think a lot of old Bulls fans feel the same way. Patrick Williams could turn into something for sure, but, you know, Vernon, who's in Memphis, he lives in Memphis, Tennessee. You heard what he said. He said at the time, he says, what happened to marketing? Because I guess maybe he was there at the game in Memphis, and he was like, what, what happened to him? Kobe White's a bucket, but maybe more or less a six-man coming off the bench. If I'm Kobe White, I do what I can to try to be a point guard. But if, if it's just not a fit, then maybe that's where Lonzo Ball fits. And I keep reading that even today, that the Bulls are interested in Lonzo Ball because they want a lead guard to make Zach Levine better and make the team better. Someone that's not necessarily looking for baskets all the time, but also making others better. And so I keep hearing that parallel of Lonzo Ball coming to Chicago. So we'll see what happens. All right, some news and notes for you around the NBA. Uh, since Kevin Durant has returned from injury, Kevin Durant has scored 70 points and 70 minutes played. 70 points and 70 minutes played for KD. He is just a special, special ball player. He's a special ball player. Why he goes after Shannon Sharp on... First, on, on the shows that Shannon Sharp does, I have no idea. If you've been following this on social media, Shannon Sharp says something and KD responds and they go back and forth and to the point where Shannon Sharp had to block KD. It's, just, it's crazy, man. KD loves to get things off his chest. He sees something on TV and responds to it immediately on Twitter. I guess that's what we all do, but I just think that KD is so much better than that, so much bigger than that, but clearly not. He doesn't mind sparring and going head-to-head with people that say things about him, even just fans like you and I. Someone with a white Twitter egg as uh, a pitcher and two followers, he'll go after that person too. You just cannot cure the world being on Twitter, no matter what someone says about you. And then he goes, you know, the whole thing with Michael Rappaport, dude, dude. And he, he, I mean, the NBA fined him for the comments it made. But, I mean, you got to figure out who your friends are. And if you have no friends, just be by yourself. You'll better by yourself than to get yourself fined or get in trouble for saying something on social media going after people. I just don't understand that. Tom Havistro. Tom Havistro is really great with numbers around the NBA. Check this out. If someone in your NBA circle says, you know, Mike D'Antoni was really the beginning of this whole thing of just shooting threes and layups. 2005 Suns under Mike D'Antoni. You ready for this? The 05 Suns, 15.2 uh, pick and roll points per game. 15.2 pick and roll points per game. 
24 three-point attempts per game. So, so his son's teams put up 24 threes a game. 95 possessions per 48 minutes for the 05 Suns. Now, remember, at the time, watching Mike D'Antoni with that Suns team, it's like, boy, that is amazing how many shots they put up from three. Amazing how fast they got up and down the floor. 95 possessions per 48 minutes and 40, 24 threes a game and 15.2 pick-and-roll points per game. In 2021, that would be last in every category. <laughs> so, D'Antoni, at the time, in 05, that was dope, right? And all those numbers I just gave you in 2021, uh, that would be last, those numbers I just gave you in 2021 basketball. Amazing how the game has evolved. Or for some of you, devolved. But I think evolved where you had the freedom of movement, shooting threes, trying to get that higher value of the shot by shooting from the outside, as many possessions as possible on a make or a miss. Uh, that is just amazing. Shout out to James Wiseman of the Golden State Warriors. He has surgery on his meniscus. I thought that that was the right spot for him to go, going to the Golden State Warriors. So shouts out to him. Jamal Murray out uh, with the injury for Denver is money. People look at Denver and say, it's a good playoff team. The Murray injury hurts. Now, I want to point this out before anyone else does. With Jamal Murray, with him being out for Denver, you know that the NBA calendar was pushed up. If you follow the league, you know that everything started in December instead of like mid-October. Do you realize from an injury like that, that Jamal Murray could be out for an entire season and then some? When the season reconvenes in October, Murray could still be out. Remember, this injury is taking place in April. He could be out for one calendar year or and then some. For the Denver Nuggets. Uh, that's why you make the Aaron Gordon trade. <laughs> so I'm not saying that he's not Jamal Murray. But I'm just saying like. You need to be able to have someone around Jokic. And so you know. Denver's still going to be good. But how good without Jamal Murray being part of the mix. So that's another thing. How about Kyrie Irving? He's missing the game for personal issues. But is available to play Wednesday as we record this. He was he missed the previous game because of personal issues. Now, maybe he'll start. Maybe he'll come off the bench. Maybe he won't play at all. This whole Nets thing is really, really interesting to me. As I've talked about many times in this podcast. Because the Nets were putting together a super team. Kevin Durant. James Harden, Kyrie Irving. We have never seen an offense like that put together. Not even the big three from Miami was this potent offensively. It's it's amazing how productive and how dynamic on paper that looks. James Harden, you know how good he is. KD, I just talked about how he's just a rarity in the NBA coming into the league. And then, of course, Kyrie Irving. And then you add on to that LaMarcus Aldridge and you have Blake Griffin and you've got Harris that can shoot the ball well from three. All those weapons, right, and more on this Nets team. But nothing is guaranteed with this Nets team as far as chemistry and coming together. Go back to the archives of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. I talked to Ryan Hollins, my buddy from CBS Sports and from the uh, Opinionated Seven Footers Podcast. And I talked to him about that, and I asked him how important chemistry was. He says, you know, there's there could be issues with chemistry, yes and no. Like, maybe when they all come together, it's Harden's team because Harden's been on the team the most for the Nets. So maybe that works. So we'll see on that end. On the other end, Kyrie Irving. 
Kyrie Irving just ghosted the Nets at some point earlier in the season where he wasn't even just around. And he talked about his issues with George Floyd and trying to help on the uh, from a grassroots effort. But he didn't tell the Nets he was leaving. That's wrong. Like, if you have issues that stress you, that you can't come to work, that's fine. But you can't take the owner's money and then be like, yeah, I'm just up. And then now here during this time, the unrest that's happening with the shooting uh, in Minneapolis, now Irving's like, I might play, I might not play. If you have issues, step away from the game, man. Like, because that's not fair to, to your teammates. Now you just put it upon yourself to say, yeah, I'm just not feeling well. I feel faint or I just feel I don't feel comfortable. Well, if you don't, you should tell the Nets that. Steve Nash is like, God damn, I'm all I'm part of this team. Like this is my first year coaching. I got to deal with this nonsense. <laughs> it's that's a lot, man. It's a lot for any coach, but he's going through it for sure. And how about we shout out Steph Curry? Let's talk about him for a minute. Steph Curry, the all-time scorer in Warriors history. Think about that. Steph Curry, how many great moments that he's shown us, regular season, playoffs, winning multiple championships. If he walked away from the game today, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Steph Curry, one of the greatest shooters, and I'm sorry, the greatest shooter I've ever seen in my lifetime. I don't want to couch it by giving you one of the best and try to think that there's shades of gray with it because I don't want to do that. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter we've ever seen. There's been clutch moments from other players, been some great players on the inside as far as centers, but no one has shot the basketball like Steph Curry. He is a a one-of-a-kind. He's one-of-one when it comes to our game. And Rick Barry, the Hall of Famer, former Warrior himself, was on 95-7 The Game and talked about the greatness of Steph Curry, the all-time Score in Warriors history, more so than Wilt Chamberlain. Think about that. Uh, he's just a hell of a player. I mean, seriously, he's not a selfish player. He does what needs to be done. Um, I, you know, I, I just say, it's, it's kind of almost like I remember when I watched some of my children being born and you watch that. I mean, how, how can words describe what an amazing accomplishment that is, an amazing thing of nature and seeing a child being born. Watching Steph play is, is it's not quite at that level, but it's pretty darn close to it. I mean, watching him play is just dramatic at times and exciting at times. Uh, he's, he's something extremely special, and, and I'm you know, one of his biggest fans. We'll get back into Steph in a second. No, we're not going to get it back to in a second. Let's talk about it right now. Good Lord. I mean, that's really high praise when you compare Steph Curry to a child being born. I don't know if I go that far, but from a basketball standpoint, it is special. There is no doubt that we've never seen anything like that before, that type of shooting prowess. There's been great three-point shooters and shooters that could shoot it from distance, but not like Steph Curry. And Clay Thompson's right there, but Steph Curry's in a really a class by himself. But Clay Thompson also, when he was healthy, also a great scorer as well. Uh, I saw this quote here from um, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum dealt with COVID nineteen, and he hasn't been the same since. Now, what is interesting about this is, as far as his health, now his numbers have been off the chain. I mean, he's keeping uh, Boston in it. 
Uh, but I, I thought it was interesting for me to play some thoughts here from Jason Tatum, what he's going through right now. Even though he's scoring the ball well, he's been on fire, especially the last dozen games, but it's been difficult. It's a process. Um, you know, it takes a long time. Um, like I, I take an inhaler, you know, before the game. You know, since I tested positive, uh, this is kind of you know help with that and open up my lungs. And you know, I never took an inhaler before, uh, so I think you know that's something different. But I, I, I for sure feel better um, now than I did a month ago. Jason Tatum, who has been playing a lot better for the Boston Celtics, but still going through issues with COVID-19, as he talked about, as he works his way back into feeling like himself 100%. Go to TrueHoop.com. There's a great piece written by the aforementioned Tom Habistro regarding the NBA and COVID-19. There's a study by Fanshore.com. Fanshore, S-U-R-E.com. Analyze the NBA's official injury reports. All 30 teams have listed at least one player under the COVID-19 related health and safety protocols designation. The Celtics and the Mavericks have seen the most time spent in the protocol. 94 days for Boston, 91 days for Dallas. So 94 for the Celtics, 91 for Dallas. I'm looking at this chart right now on truehoop.com. So Celtics, Mavericks, the Raptors have gone through it from the coaching staff to their players. That's why the Raptors have just, they've been ravaged with all of this and have not been able to get off to the start that they wanted to. San Antonio's gone through it, and then the 76ers, the Heat, and then the Bulls. So one, two, three, four, five, six. The Bulls are seventh. As far as teams have dealt with is uh, COVID nineteen and, and players missing, uh, the least, if you're interested, that's not had time uh, off the floor because of COVID nineteen, the Pelicans, the Warriors, and the Pacers are the least. The Pacers have been the most healthy, not missing multiple games because of COVID nineteen. Again, you can see this on TrueHoop.com. And that's it for the Underhood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Hey, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. That way you never miss an episode. You're like, you guys don't talk enough basketball. I talk about basketball all the time right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Not only on the Cap and J Hood podcast feed on the ESPN Chicago app, but also right here on Spotify. Oh, I knew there was one thing I was forgetting. There's one thing I got to get to. Hold on a second. Okay, I found it. I found it. I was going through Twitter and I found a Joe Cowley again. I just want to point this out. Chandler Hutchinson, when he was traded from the Bulls to the Wizards, tweeted out, quote, one man's trash, dot, 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 ellipses, ellipses, ellipses. One man's trash, right? Well, he's had three DNPs and scored five points, five points, zero points, two points, and five points in the five games that he did get in. Washington, the Washington Wizards, they're 3-0 when they don't play him, 1-5 when they do play him. Just want to point that out. One man's trash, uh, maybe Washington's trash. <laughs> no, the young man just needs more playing time and then see whether they can develop or not. I thought he was just going to be just a decent role player for the Bulls, but the Bulls saw before we all did, like, okay, he's not part of our future. Get out of here. Just get him out of here. And they did. One man's trash? Uh, not so good. I'm Jonathan Hood. Let's talk again. Another edition 
of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening.